0: I want to read, I'm going to read just three verses, one out of the book of Deuteronomy, and then two verses out of Proverbs. Deuteronomy 19, I didn't give any of it, but you can trust me that I'm not reading out of the book, away from the book. Deuteronomy 19 and verse 14. Now, this is in. The book of Deuteronomy is some of Moses' last words prior to Israel going into the promised land. Jeremy, I think maybe where we are right now in our existence, our walks with God, our world, we might ought to think about some of those last words before we get out of here. And I believe, I believe we're just at that point. But in this, I'm not going to, this is not going to be my subject, but this 19th chapter deals largely with the cities of refuge. God always makes preparation for those who have had some struggle, something going on, I'm going to say this, just, and I don't have to to everybody that's here, I know. We're going to see a lot of people come in this church. We have already, but we're going to see some people coming that were not raised like we were raised. They don't know what we know. And we are going to have to show mercy, compassion, and we're going to have to let them be led to God. We don't go in and just pull them down and expect them. uh, Bang. you got to understand. So that's here. But in the midst of it, there's a decree that is given to the people of God. Moses gives... This comes from God. Verse 14. He said, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark which they of old time have set in thine inheritance which thou shalt inherit in the land that the lord thy god giveth thee to possess it now i'm going to read that without the these and thou's out of the god's word translation never move your neighbor's original boundary marker on any property in the land that the Lord your God has given you. Now notice, he didn't say your boundary. It's your neighbor's. He didn't say someone that's a day's journey. It's the land that joins your land. The tendency could be if I could move this a little bit, I may come back next year and move it a little bit more. And that little section right there would make my place look a lot better. But I'm taking it from someone else. And then I want to read also in this, I want to read in Proverbs 23. I'm going to read verse 10. And verse 11, Proverbs 23, verse 10 and 11. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. In other words, the orphans. Don't take advantage of people that do not have family. For their Redeemer... If you affect them, their redeemer is mighty. He shall plead their cause with you. Don't get God. I, yeah, don't get God crossways with you. Watch how you act towards others. You know the best thing. I don't know if it was my mother or my dad. But I remember hearing it as a little boy. Keep your own nose in your own business. That may be what they're saying. I want to talk tonight for just whatever. I'm going to talk to us about boundaries. Boundaries. I was drawn to several things as I was looking at all this. But from the beginning of God working with his people, with everything that you see from your your Noah, your, you know, even with just so many of them. Just I'm not even going to get into it, but a lot of it It seems like God was waiting for a certain time to kind of open up his plan. And so, I I realized that God set in place and established early on that Israel was going to have an inheritance. I'm not in this just for what I can get in this life. Paul said... If the only hope I have is in this life, he said, I'm I'm the most miserable person on the face of the earth. Well, wait a minute. This is a pretty good life. Yeah, but this life will come to an end. I'm not living for now. My inheritance is not just sitting in the church and knowing even though with the Holy Ghost, with what I have, my inheritance is there's a city that's going to come one day. There's a place. Now, what's it all involving? I am going to be very, very, very honest. I don't know. I do know one thing. I don't think we're going to stand around a throne for all eternity, just simply saying, holy, 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 holy. I think the best is yet to come. I think as good as it is down here, what's waiting for us will make this look like it's nothing. But there's an inheritance. And what God was using as a type of the church to show Israel their inheritance their inheritance was what? It was the land they were promised. That's what they were going to inherit. From the time that Abram comes on, we read about him in Genesis 12, and in verse 1, the Lord said, I want you to go, and you, I want you to go to a land that I'm going to show you. I want you to see something that, that I've got in store for you and something that is there that is, that is tremendous that you're going to find and I'm going to give you. And, and, and all of this is going to be yours. And then he said in Genesis 13, verse 14 and 15, the Lord said, Abram, now this is after Lot left him, lift up now your eyes and look From where you are, look north, south, east, west, for all the land which you see, I'm going to give it to you and to your seed forever. That's the inheritance. It's not, Abram, you're going to die one day. Oh, that's sad. No, 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 no. God's given me something that is going to outlive me. God's done something that I'm going to hold on to. And from the moment that God speaks to Abram and then until Israel crosses the Jordan, they held on to a promise, I've got a land. God's God's given us a land. This land is going to be ours. It was. and, And I couldn't get away. I may say this more times than I care to tonight. It was their inheritance. It belonged to them and it belonged to their family. Amen. You gotta you gotta understand our walking with God. Our walking with God. Clay, you got two kids. There may be more coming down the road later on. That was prophetic. You're supposed to say yay, amen. But anyway, what you do in your walk with God is not just for you. It's not just for Anna. You are establishing something. You're the product of what your dad gave you. And you are establishing something that however long the Lord should tarry, Your kids are going to obtain that inheritance. And it's something that's going to belong to them. This God-given land was going to do what? It was going to provide for them. It was going to be a place that they could both live, a place that they could have food and raise their crops, a place that they could have their cattle, a place they could build their houses, a place of safety. It's mine. And where did you get it? God gave it. I thought about this today with that. This is much more than just Israel's inheritance. Oh, this is all of Israel. No. It's just like this church. Me walking in here, and I don't know what you got Sunday. I don't know what you're going to receive tonight. It's not what happened to the church. It's what happened to me. It wasn't just Israel's inheritance. It was each individual, and they list those names. You ever read how they list that? That was all recorded. And they list those names. It was their inheritance, and when a man took possession and his family had, they had to acknowledge, and I'm sure they shared it, this was mine, and it came from God. Don't you ever get to feeling what you have is because of who you are. Don't you ever get to thinking you deserve what God's done for you. I don't deserve this. When I sit here and I worship and I sing and I feel God and God speaks into my heart, I didn't deserve that. But God has given that. It's mine from God. But you find out as this is established early. And that's what Moses speaks about in this first verse I read. When they were given their land, their inheritance, they were to set up boundaries. Not what I want. Each person was given a certain. I read that some of the boundaries, it could be pillars of stone that they'd stack up. When I bought my land, I went with the guy that I bought it from, and we went out into the woods. And I said, what are we looking for, a stake? He said, no, there's an axle, an old car axle that's buried out here. I thought, well, that's something. And there is. In fact, there's two different places. It's a mark. Now if somebody moves that, it's treachery. It's wrong. And what you gotta understand is they built either a pillar of rocks or set a rock. There were times they said they may build like a a dirt wall or that, that's mine. On this side's mine, that side's yours. But it was for the purpose of knowing who does this belong to and acknowledging, once again, vitally important, God gave this to me. This would be my land and my family's land forever. Brother Scott, I go back to your grandfather who I love. I I I still see him leading worship in Nashville. Who you are is not a product of just what you've done. It goes back to a grandfather that I still see him. Leading in the way you worship. It touched me and it reached me. This is mine, but it's my children. It's my grandchildren. It comes from my grandparents. And I'm blessed to be able to say, I've got some great grandparents that had this. And they passed it down to us. So they, the lines, the marks, whatever were established, it was to give credence, boundaries. This is mine. All this is why, and it's to me one of, a beautiful message. Don't hear it preached often. But when Ahab approaches Naboth and said, I want to buy your vineyard, it's right next to my palace. Naboth, without any hesitation, says, God won't let me give it you the inheritance of my fathers. I can't give this to you. He said the stones that this marks this, Moses and the elders were led to set these stones. To remove these, to give them to you, would be to remove my claim to the inheritance that God gave me. There's some reasons why I do what I do. There's some reasons why I act like I act. I've got an inheritance. I have not received everything I'm going to receive. I have not obtained everything. I I hope I've not received everything in this life. But, Brett, one thing I know, I've got some stuff in that life that I'm going to receive. And I've got something. I'm not moving from what God gave me and what has been established in my life. See, it was against the law of Moses to move these stones. You don't sell this. You don't give it up. You don't trade it. You don't say, well, that's good enough. It's okay. No! Not when you know where it came from. God gave me this. I I just kept hearing as I last few days, I've been thinking on it. I kept hearing some of the patriarchs of old maybe looking, walking out on their land and just commenting, God established this. Why do you got that land? Well, it's what God gave me. Well, wouldn't you like... Can you do any better than what God gives you? Can there be something else that is better than what God gave? It's my land. I live here. I have the right to plant on this land. I have the right to feed my cattle, to build my house, to build fences, to build barns, Because it is mine. I don't have to go to my neighbor and say, do you care? Do you think it would be all right? It's mine. And I realized where it came from. But what Moses was saying is, don't change it. Now, your neighbor's landmark, don't move that. There's four places that refer to the landmarks and they all are talking about you don't move them. But when it's your neighbors, it means that you're doing something out of envy. You got something I want, and who's going to know if I move this rock? Well, number one, God will. And it's something you're doing. Don't, don't change it. I'm talking to a church. Don't change it. Don't move it. I remember I don't know if I should say Yeah, I'm going to. I was supposed to preach for a guy in a big anniversary service. And he called me in about six, eight months before this <coughs> this service he'd talked to me about it and what he wanted to do. We'd become very good friends. And he called me and he said, um, I'm gonna postpone that. I said, what? He said, well, I don't see things like I used to see things. Now this is a guy, I'd preach for him, he's preached here and this has been years ago now. I said, you what? He said, I'm looking at things a little different. He was looking at what we reference standards. I'm saying boundaries. He said, "I, I see some things different. Then he got over into the message. You see, you can't do one without the other. I don't believe some things are essential. I don't believe this. I don't. Let me tell you something. When you start moving the boundaries that God has established, you not only change what He's given you, you change the way you're looking. I'm seeing things. And it wasn't long I mean, I hate to say it, but it wasn't long until He and His family completely split apart. And it began with what he said right there. I am telling you that we need to realize and we need to stop and understand that this is mine and I'm not moving it. This God gave me this and I'm t- I was 10 years old when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and I didn't know really what was going on. You know, I always thought it was funny, 10 years old and I had... One of them was my grandmother, but I had, man, we had some of those old saints. Don't you ever think you're not helping someone if you're just, you don't have to get in and direct them. You just start praying and God's going to start moving. But I, I heard my grandmother and her broken English-German, I wish everybody could have heard her. I heard literally, plead the blood. What does a 10-year-old know about pleading the blood? I heard Grandma, Tara, my grandmother said, let's go. I didn't know what I was letting go of. And there's a lady, another German lady, Sister Shad. She was standing there by Grandma, and she said, tell God to forgive you of all of your sins. I was 10 years old. I had not robbed a bank I had not broken the speeding law. I may need to repent now, but I had not broken any laws. And here I am, 10 years old, on Jefferson Avenue in Barberton, Ohio, and I'm crying out of all sincerity, God, I'm sorry for everything I've done wrong. I know we're born in sin. I understand that. But I was reaching out to God. And you know what? I've held on to that all these years and I'm standing here today and I am saying out of this Word of God, I'm not going to move what God's given me. I'm not going to change what God what what it took then it takes today. What, what I prayed then, I pray today. What kept me then is keeping me right now and you know what I've done? I prayed over sick children. I prayed over my grandchildren when there were needs and what am I doing? I'm pleading the blood. I'm saying God. I know a God who can. I want you to touch him. I want you to come down. You know it's so easy and this is what he's dealing with. No one's going to know. No one's going to know. I If I move that corner just a little bit, it'll just help me. It straightens out my field. And that's not that much. Well, no one's going to know, takes it under the authority that God knows. Nobody knows what you do when you're not in church. As far as I know, everybody that comes to this church smiles all the time. We ought to come in, and the entrance ought to be, we're a happy people. Yes, we are. Everybody that I know in this church, how's it going? Good. Isn't it amazing we don't have any bad days? I mean, it's just Everything's good. And, you know, when we allow an understanding, no one knows. But I got to remember that God always knows. God, He told Samuel, man looks on the out, God looks on the inside. He knows the secrets. He knows the thoughts. He knows what I'm thinking before I'm thinking it. Nobody knows. It was against God's decree to move landmarks. Now, if it was at that time, do you not realize it still is today? Leave it alone. I don't know why. I don't know why people have to think, I don't care preacher or not, pastor or not, I don't know why people think that we have the right to alter what God has given us. I don't believe in it. If you move them, it's not going to look the same that God had given you originally. I want the church to be the church. I do. This is what, see, and, and I know I could go at length in some of this. I'm not going to, but this is what the enemy has tried to do to the church forever. You read, you read some of the writings in the epistles. There were trouble. There was trouble in the early church. You're talking. 20 and 30 years after the day of Pentecost. I mean, these are people that very likely, some of them even saw Jesus work miracles. Now, that ought, that ought to count for something. But there was still trouble, there was sin. There were people that were creeping in to the church that was trying to tell them, you can do this. You don't have to do that. Oh, don't worry about that. It doesn't matter. Yes, it does matter. Because it changes what God has given me. It doesn't look like. See, if, if he's coming in and he's trying to say things, He may not just point blank say it, but this is what he's saying. He's telling you, go ahead and move that. Go ahead and move that. Nobody's seeing you. You know, let the church blend with the world. Some of the things that are, all the junk that's going on in our world, and there's plenty of junk. If you want to talk about it, I'll be around to midnight tonight. And I'm stopping at that. But these churches that are standing up for Pride Month, God have mercy on their sin sick soul. We're gonna we're gonna keep people with this. What are you keeping? That's not God. Amen. Let the church blend with the world. See, God set the landmarks for the church. Man didn't do it. Simon Peter didn't do it. God set the landmarks for the church. And you and I need to leave them alone. And I know I'm... I know we're not out there involved, but I'm telling you that as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, the stuff we've been dealing with is not even beginning, to to, even compare to what we will deal with if God doesn't come before too long. But leave it alone. Let the church continue to look like the church. See, I believe this apostolic message. I'm not just in this because I like the church and that's it. I believe in this message that God has given. I believe it's, that God is, it's, God's given it to us. I believe, here, old Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I believe this. I believe Acts 2 and verse 38. I believe this. I believe this is essential. I believe this is is what qualifies us. But I also believe that there has to be unity in the church. Don't move it. You ever, the other day, day my brother-in-law wanted to go to a store. He said he wanted to buy a suit coat. So we went and did what I'd rather not do. We went to Dillard's. The only thing I'd rather not do more than that is go to Walmart. We walked down. I saw some of the most ugly suits I've ever seen in my life. And I realized, Cameron, somebody's buying these. I want to see the clown... And the circus they go to that they're buying this for. And I looked and I thought, and my brother-in-law picked up one that looked like he was joining the circus. When he asked me, what do you think? I said, well, it looks good on you. (laughs) You go in, they got all different styles and all different things. And you you can buy ugly if you want to. You can do whatever. You, I mean, it, it's your choice. You, But you can come in with your suit. It may be so loud that you've got an extension cord to light it up. But when you bring that lit up suit in here, even though it looks weird to the rest of us and everybody else says, Did you see what Eric's wearing? We may think it looks goofy, but we better have unity. I can say, come on, clown, we're going to worship God together. (laughs) You know, we, we got to love one another. I'm not trying to get even with you. I'm not not trying to get one over you. I'm not trying. This is God's. This has always been God's. It was God's ark that Noah went into. God just had him build it. This was God's building. This is God's house. This is God's worship. This is God's word. If I show an attitude against somebody, I'm moving landmarks. I mean, we don't all like the same thing. They were all one accord in one place. That does not mean, unity does not mean everybody has to think the same. To half this church right now, it's cold in here. To half this church, it's hot in here. And I wish I'd have said a third and a third, then I'd have said the other third of us normal people. (laughs) But but anyway, we're not going to be on the same page. But! 100% of this church needs to come in and say, God placed me here, and God touched my life, and God changed me, and God, there's boundaries. I'm going to stay in that boundary. I'm not getting to the world. God set it up. He basically saying, you don't go that far. Because if you go that far, there's something going to be worse. We got to be careful. The Apostle Paul said, "Lest at any time we let it slip, drift away." I didn't realize I was getting that far from God. Nobody wakes up and says, "You know what? I think I'm going to tell God to go jump in a lake after He's filled me with the Spirit and all I've." I think, man, I yeah, today's the day. No, they take a couple inches over here. Look at something maybe I shouldn't have looked at. Think of something I don't need to think of. Do something I shouldn't have been doing. And before long, instead of being a couple inches away, I am on the other side of the fence. And I'm in somebody else's territory that I have no business being in. And I'm away from God. And what I am saying is, if I sow discord, I am I am. Moving, <coughs> moving away from what God wants me to have. Don't move the boundary. Love what God's given you. I, you know, the adversary is constantly trying to get people to move landmarks. Constant. It never ends. It never ends. He is continually trying to get us. Yeah. Rich, my oldest son said something one time. This has been, he wasn't at pastoring very long. Last Sunday was his 20th year at B.B. Can you believe that? 20th year. But he wasn't there that long. And something had happened here, somebody, and we were just talking. And I was just saying, I'm praying for a situation. And without any hesitation, he said, Dad, are they going to the prayer rooms? I said, What? He said, Do they pray? I said, I hadn't even thought about it, bud. But I haven't seen them praying in a prayer meeting. I hadn't seen them praying around the altars. He said, Dad, they backslid. Well, that's pretty mean. No. If I quit praying, I'm going to move the boundaries. If I quit praying, that means I'm not. What did he tell his disciples? Watch with me. Pray. Watch that you sin not. Pray. He didn't mean that watch is pray, being a prayerful attitude. If I am not watching, not praying, then. My landmarks, my boundaries are going to be moving, and I am going to drift away. I'm going to let things come into my land that God's given me that does not look like what God gave me. I'm going to change the way it appears. And and what's happening is that the adversary of the church wants to confuse the distinctive lines of the church and the world. He wants it to look like there's no difference. There's nothing going on. It's all right. It's okay. And I'm here tonight to tell you, God gave us boundaries. And God said, don't move them. Don't you change them. Don't you alter them. And so to you and I, and, and, and I'm, every now and then, I, I just stop. I love coming here in the mornings. Some mornings things happen and it keeps me away. And if I allow things to happen multiple mornings, I can pray everywhere, but I like it here. But if I'm not careful, I lose that push to pray. Here, at home, whatever. And so what I'm saying is stay alert. Stay alert. You want to keep your marriage happy? Stay alert. Stay close to God. you gotta, you got you to gotta know that the liar is going to try to confuse you and he's going to try to hinder you and he's going to tell you something. And here, I, here I'm standing. Brother Jerry, I'm saying, devil, don't touch my landmarks. Leave my landmarks alone. Guard those boundary markers. The one who died for me on the cross set this stone here and I'll be if I'm going to let you move it. I know where I came from. I know what I could be. But God, I don't care what someone else may preach. I don't care what someone else may allow or what someone else may think. It really doesn't matter. I know what God has established. I know what God has given me. See, if you have a revelation of who Jesus is, you ought to be the happiest person on the face of the earth. I don't care what's going on in your world. You ought to be happy. If you have an experience of the Holy Ghost, your day ought to be filled with rejoicing. I believe that. Don't let anything move your landmarks. You ever notice a person, that when they first come in and receive the Holy Ghost, how excited. They come in. Preacher could preach anything. And they think it's great. Give them a little bit of time. They lose a little bit of the joy. Don't lose that. Don't let anything. What we have received holds His promise. My spirit of the Holy Ghost that God's filled me with is a partial down payment of the inheritance that I'm going to have. I have not received my inheritance. My inheritance will happen when the trumpet sounds. Alive or dead, it really not going to matter to me. I'm going to be caught away. That's my inheritance. I'm going to meet all the saints in the clouds when what used to be important is no longer important to you when you're in trouble you've moved some landmarks when you move enough landmarks you're losing the power of God the way I feel God gave this to me I'm keeping it. Devil, you keep trying. Keep threatening. Do your best. You can only do it for a while. Because I'm either going to be raptured out of this mess. Or I'm going to go to sleep and wake up in the next life. It that? Oh, my, I could get off on a lot of stuff with that. Don't fall in love so much in love with this world that you lose the reality of what we're really living for. Amen. Let's stand together, would you? Hallelujah. Thank God for boundaries. Thank God for boundaries. Hallelujah. Why don't you lift a hand with me? Just love the Lord. God, I love you. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for what you've given. Thank you for what you've given us.